Well, this week we're going to look at uh, the Beatitudes. We started the Beatitudes, and what we're doing is a series on the Sermon on the Mount. And this is kind of the first portion of the Sermon on the Mount is talking about the Beatitudes. And there's eight of them, and we started a couple of them uh, two weeks ago uh, before we went on vacation. I want to kind of wrap the first four up today because we didn't really get to the number three and four in that much depth. And there's a few things I want to comment on number one and number two again as well because all four of them, they sort of go together. And there's sort of a theme of the first four Beatitudes and how they work together. So let's read it first together out of Matthew 5. I'm going to read the first couple verses here, and they'll be on the screen as well. In seeing the multitudes, he went up on the mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. When he opened his mouth and taught them, saying... So this is the first part of the Sermon on the Mount. I think I mentioned this last week. I don't know if you guys know this, but in... In all of the ways as far as getting, you know, doing a message or doing a sermon, they always say you want to get people's attention first, right? I gave you a little story about the, uh, about the beach. So you get people's attention first. And so I'm believing Jesus knows all things. And I'll tell you what, every word that came out of his mouth got people's attention. But it's interesting, this is what he started with. So to me, it feels like, man, we should probably take note of this, as well as the things he said right before He went to the cross. But here's what he says. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So these first four beatitudes. So what is a beatitude? A beatitude actually is a blessing. It's actually a blessing. It's not a, and we read them as like, this is something I need to be. Is it a be attitude? Like, I can be this attitude? Should I change my attitude to be this way? Well, in some ways, yes, that's what it is. But really, it's a blessing. There are blessings that are linked with our heart, wherever our heart happens to be. How many of you know that? This, all this whole, all of these beatitudes is a message for our hearts. And it's interesting that Jesus starts us this way. He's not talking about our money. He's not talking about our businesses. He's not talking about how many followers we have on social media. He's not talking about any of that. He's not talking about how strong people look, how often they work out. Nothing of the way the world looks at is he talking about. He immediately starts the sermon right here, going after our hearts. How is your heart? What is the condition of your heart? And there are ways in which he kind of weaves these beatitudes in that make us kind of think of for a second, like, wait a second, poor in spirit. What does that even mean? God, what are you speaking to me in regards to this? And how many of you know that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart? So we all walked in here with our Sunday clothes on. You know, I like the shirt feels good. I think stripes going down make me look taller. Yeah, is that true? I know I might be 5'7", but I probably look 5'9 to all of you at the moment because I'm wearing stripes this way. Right, so we put all this effort and thought into what we wear and what we put on, and you know, I mean, I trim my beard real nice, I got a nice tan from the beach, and we're always, a lot of us, including myself, I mean, you look in, in the mirror. I mean, most of us, how many of you looked in the mirror before you came to church? 
gosh, I hope you did. Okay. If you didn't, you probably should. <laughs> but it's our flesh. It's, 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 we're looking to see how we are appearance. What is our appearance like? There's nothing wrong with you know, wanting to look okay and de- decent and work, all those things. But what God is talking about here, he's going right for the matters of the heart. Right to the matters of the heart. He, he, God is saying, I want you to mold your heart in such a way, to have such this desperation for me in such a way that when you are these things, when you, when you seek me in these ways, there are blessings on the other side of it. And we don't do it for the blessing, but we do it because we know when God commands us to be a certain way or to act a certain way or to walk in a certain commandment a certain way, there are blessings on the other side of it because he loves us. Because he cares about us. And so if we begin to look at these, so the first one here in verse 3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I reviewed that one in more detail. I'm just going to give you a quick overview. So poor in spirit are those who confess their need for God. Doesn't mean you're poor. Doesn't mean you have no money in your bank account. Doesn't mean it's not talking about those things. It's talking about your heart. It means those who confess their need for God. And didn't we already talk about that today? Pastor Andy came up and talked about that. Pastor Liz talked about that. It's exactly what God wants us to walk away with today and understand. That this is a confessing of, I need you, God, in every area of my life. It's a spiritual bankruptcy. It's saying, without you, God, I can't do anything. Anybody who's ever filed for bankruptcy or understands bankruptcy, what it means is you basically can't pay your bills. You've accumulated so much that you cannot pay it back. And in the same way, God is asking for us to be in such a need for him, a spiritual bankruptcy to say, Lord, I need you in every area of my life. I cannot pay you back for all that you've done. I need you. I need you. You and this desperation of needing Him in every area of our life is as poor in spirit as those who confess their need for God. In my weakness, He is made strong. I believe we heard that verse today as well. God knew what was going to happen today, He knew what He wanted to talk about. In my weakness, He is made strong. I know most of us don't want to admit that we have any weakness, me included. We don't, we don't want to admit that we have weakness, but what God is showing, he's revealing in our heart, is that's pride. That's pride to think that you can walk in anywhere and do anything and be good at it at any time. That's, that's, how, I, that's how I've lived my life. Hey, I can do that. I can play ping pong. I can beat you at ping pong. You want to rack up some pool? I'll beat you at pool. I'll beat you at soccer. I'll beat you at bat. These are all sporting events. That's why I think I could beat everybody. But I can't! And I have realized, and it's a silly example, but we have to realize that we, have the, we need to have a dependency on God and in our weakness where we don't come up and we don't meet the mark, he is the one who fills the gap. And the opposite of this one, the opposite of this is basically American culture. <laughs> That's why I think we're in such, you know, there's, a, well, there's many reasons but this is one of them. It's America, it's self-made, we're self-made. Self-made man, self-made woman. We can do this, I can do that. I, 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 me, me, me. Check it out, check it out. How many this, how many... It's all about you. 
and how you look, your performance, your money, your power, your riches, your glory, all of this. And God is saying that is the exact opposite of how I want you to live. It's the exact opposite of how I want you to live. It's like, ah, I don't need anyone. You know, the opposite of this is what we'll call, as Jesus called out, is the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious people of the day and the religious people of today as well. To think that we can walk around and that we know everything and we've got it all figured out and that we don't really need God because we've got it all figured out. That's the exact opposite of being poor in spirit. And then there's an extreme version of all of these Beatitudes as well. And what I mean by an extreme version is this, is I have, I have counseled and coached and I've been in, in the business world and I've, I've told many people, your strength is also your weakness. When you use your strength to too, too much of a degree. So let me give you an example of that. So one of my strengths is being able to work with people and to get along with people. And I'm great at working with people. And so that's a strength. That's an advantage to me. But when I use it too much, meaning I will make bad decisions or poor decisions in order for people to like me, I have now crossed the line of using my strength and it becomes a weakness. You understand that? Or someone who is passionate. They're passionate about something and they get excited and they go, go, go. And that's it. Oh man, look at that strength they have as passion. But they unleash the same passion in an argument against their spouse or maybe their coworker or somebody else. So that's their strength going too far and becoming a weakness. And in these beatitudes, I have seen we all fall somewhere on this spectrum of these beatitudes and God wants us to be in a healthy place. And the opposite of this this extreme is that we actually become we actually act like we're so dependent on God we can't even move, we can't do anything. Like Lord, I need you, I need you, I need you, begin to act actually helpless. And begin to not move in the situations. And what the Lord is saying is, we do need to need him, but remember that I am the great I am. I am the one who is all in all. I am the one who can do the impossible. And I am the one who you can count on and rely on and be in. So we we want to have this need for God, but you don't have to lay in bed all day long saying, God, I just need you. God, I just need you. God, I need you to help me get out of this bed. God, I need you. And he will help you, but sometimes we got to move our feet a little bit and get out of the bed and say, Lord, I'm trusting in you, and I need you, but I'm going to work. I'm going to school. I'm going to where I have to go do. And so there's this extreme that we have to be careful of as well, but I think most of us will end up in the side where we're too far on this side, and God is calling us to really turn this attitude upside down. The next one is this, is blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And what does it mean to mourn? It means those who grieve over sin. Those who grieve over sin. You are mourning over your personal sin. You are saying, Lord, the way I'm living, the way I'm acting, it does not line up with your word. And I am asking you, Lord, to help me. I want to repent from that. I want to move on from that. I, want, I am grieving. This doesn't mean grieving, losing of a loved one. God does comfort those. How many know that? When we lose a loved one, God, he is a comforter 
I don't think that was one of our attributes that we use God as a comfort. He is absolutely do that. But with, in this case, what Jesus is talking about, not those who, are, who lost a loved one, he is talking about those who are mourning over their own personal sin. And I haven't seen anybody in the Bible more, do this more so than, than King David. Than David. And if you guys know the story of David and the sins that he had and the sins that he did, and who, what was he called? A man after God's own heart. David didn't mean David was perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. None of us are perfect. Every one of us has made some mistakes at some point, probably since this morning since you woke up. Me included. I'm not going to share all of them. I got a list. It's not even noon. Okay? It's not even noon. I've got a list. But what the Lord is saying is in our heart, are we reflecting on our heart and saying, Lord, I don't want to live that way anymore. I need your help. I want to change. I want to repent. I want to be different. And there's a blessing that's associated with that is you actually will receive comfort. The Bible says confess your sins one to another so that you can be healed. He doesn't want you to stay there. He loves you too much to stay where you are. And the opposite of this, sometimes we can see this in the opposite, is those who take their sin too lightly. Nah. Nah. That's okay. Yeah, you know, I, whatever it is, I'll just give an example. You know, I use, you know, four-letter words, you know, not as often as other people. So that's okay. You know, I, I watch this TV show that has all kinds of garbage in it, but, you know, at least I don't watch that show. <laughs> I've heard so-and-so's watching that show on Netflix. Right? And we begin to almost categorize our sin or we put it in some kind of order of, well, these are the worst sins and I'm not there. So thank God I'm not doing these whatever. Well, I don't know. What are they? Where in the Bible, these, the Bible talks about sin and most of the sin are pretty much equally the same. There's a few that God talks about as being a little bit different or more because they are predatory or they're towards others but whatever is what I'm talking about here is we rank our sins and we say eh I told a little lie eh didn't harm anybody no I don't know so I think we go through this life and what the Lord is asking us to be is to be so aware of his commands and what the Bible says and to begin to say Lord I want to live a life that is worthy and holy Father God because you are worthy and holy and I can't do it on my own. I'm not able to do it on my own, so I need your help to do it. And the Lord begins to say, well, he shows us the path of beginning to confess our sins and to say, Lord, I forgive me for these sins. We begin to use the word repenting of our sins and turning away from those sins. The extreme in this case is that you beat yourself up day in and day out every time that you sin. The Lord does not want that. The Lord is not talking about that. That is condemnation. It is from the enemy, and he doesn't want you to stay there. Just because you sin, the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short. He doesn't want you to stay. He wants you to recognize it. He wants you to see it. He wants you to repent from it. He wants you to turn from it, but he doesn't want you to sit and wallow in your sin. Oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. Oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. That's not... Yes, we recognize that, but that's not where he wants you to stay. He wants you to say, Lord, yes, I'm a sinner. I repent from that. I turn from that. And Lord, I thank you that you have saved me. Lord, I thank you that you are righteous so that I am made righteous. I thank you that I am cleansed by the blood of Jesus. 
So don't stay there. Recognize it. Understand it. But walk in a conviction of the Holy Spirit, not a condemnation. Yeah, look at that. You know those voices. You know those voices that are from the enemy. Yeah? There you go. Did it again. There you go. Did it again. Yelled at your kids. Watched something you weren't supposed to do. Start feeling bad. Begin, there's a whole, I did a whole message on the difference between condemnation and conviction. We won't get into that. But that's this, this version of understanding it and being able to recognize it and being like King David and saying, Lord, just, I release it to you, Lord. I release it to you, Lord. The third one, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Meekness in this case, in this situation, what Jesus is talking about, is those who humbly submit to God and others. Yes, there is this sense of uh, being a, like gentle. We think this just means being, oh, they're so gentle. Oh, they're so sweet and meek. This actually doesn't mean this. If you look at it, what it really means is those who are humbly saying, I will be able to submit to God, to your plans, and I will be able to submit to the authority that you have placed over me. And meekness is strength under control. Strength under control. It's like, a, you ever see a horse? How many of you watch the uh, a movies, any type of movies where they're trying to break the horse? You know, or maybe you even know it. Maybe you own a ranch or something. I don't know. If you own a ranch, do, do not invite me to go horseback riding to your place. Okay? I'm just letting you know. I've told you stories about horseback riding before. Not my deal. Okay? It doesn't involve the ball or a bat or sports of any kind. So please don't invite me to go do horseback riding. Okay, you can invite some of my kids, maybe, but not me. Anyway, what am I talking about? Oh, a, a horse. When a horse is broken, how strong is a horse? Have you ever, like, walked up next to a horse, which I have done recently, and you're like, whoa. Just the strength and the power that that horse has, this ability. But yet, you can lead it. When it's submitted under authority, you can lead it. And when you say it's time to go, let's go, that horse is going to go. It's going to take off. It's going to do powerfully what it was called to do. But it won't do it if it's submitted, if it's under authority. It won't do it until the person who is in authority over it says, now go. Now go do it. And that's what this is. And I think and too often in our world is, you know, the opposite of this is this cavalier attitude. Nobody can tell me what to do. I'm not under anyone's authority. I can just, you know what? The moment you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you no longer get to do what you want to go do, and you no longer get to say what you want to say. End of story. Statement. Tweet that one out. I think Pastor Liz probably came up with that. I'm just using it. I won't say because I'm not on Twitter. Or X, sorry, whatever. Understand, guys. We have to understand that when we've accepted Jesus and he has set up authority structures in our life, that we have to be humbly submitted to that authority structure. And this is what he's talking about. And guess what the blessing is on the other side? For they shall inherit the earth. There is a blessing in the natural for those who are submitted under authority. And I've seen this before. I don't know who said it, but you cannot be in authority if you do not know how to be under authority. You cannot be in authority. You may think you are, but you really aren't. 
You cannot be in authority if you cannot be under authority. And I want you guys to know that as your senior pastors, we are under authority. We are under one focus now. We're under spiritual coverings, and we're under the covering of the Lord. And I believe that this meekness is when we humbly submit to God and others, that there is this blessing of the Lord that happens. And I see it in the business world. I've seen it in my own career in the business world. Now, my goal when I show up on a couple days a week where I'm the CFO at a local company, my goal is to do what the CEO, you know, within reason, of course, it doesn't, if he asks me to do something that's wrong, of course, I won't do it, to do what he asked me to go do and to make him look good. My goal is to make him look good, is to bless him, to serve him, to say, hey, Keith, what do you need? How can I help you? How can I serve you? I'm here to support you, not so I can be the CFO of the company and walk through the shop, you know, with my, going like this, whatever. I don't actually walk like that. My kids make fun of how I walk. You guys know how I walk? I'm not going to show you. Everyone's going to watch me now after this. I do this. I don't know. I walk funny, I guess. Whatever. They like it. Okay, what am I talking about? Oh, about being under authority and, and, and the blessing that God has provided through that spiritual law. For this law, this, this promise, this thing that Jesus is talking about has been real in my life. Real in my life. The Lord has blessed us financially, inherit the earth. Blessed us financially more than I could ever imagine by operating in this principle. In this principle in our lives. So the opposite we already talked about, the extreme one is, the extreme one is, is being in timidity. Is saying, you know what, the, the opposite of that is being too far into this timid, not speaking up, like, oh yes, whatever you need, whatever you want, and, being, and getting basically, well, I don't know, what, what's that? Yeah, being a doormat, or being, you know, bullied, or being this, or being that. That's not what this is talking about. But that's where we go, oh, I just want to be meek, and I want to be mild. That's not what this is talking about. That's the opposite of that. And we can get too far into the extreme there. Then the last one this morning is, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. How many of you, how many, how many of you know what it means to hunger or thirst? You can ask my little guy up front here. I'm hungry, Dad. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. He's a growing boy. He's hungry all the time. And this, this, this Bible verse says that Jesus be a blessed are those who hunger and thirst for his righteousness, for his kingdom, for his will, for his purpose, for his glory. That's what God is calling us to. He's asking us to just say, Lord, I want to do whatever you're asking me to go do. Whatever it is, this hunger and thirst is those who long for God's wills and his ways. You want God's will and his way in your life so badly that you are just seeking him for it. I don't want to go through the motions anymore. I don't want to go through the same thing over and over. Lord, what is your will? What is your way for my life? Reveal to me, show to me the things that you're asking me to go do, being so hungry and thirsty for it. Down at the beach, man, at some point, I was so thirsty from drinking salt water, it was crazy. I mean, you ever, if you, when you go to the beach and you ever suck in some salt water for a, a couple times and a few waves hit you, you become so thirsty. And God was like, I want you to hunger, I want you to thirst, like you just drank some salt water over my righteousness, my will, my kingdom. And what I want for you. 
The opposite of this one is those who, you know, I can figure it out on my own. I've got Google, I've got my smartphone, I'll ask Siri, I'll ask Alexa, I'll ask whoever. Who are you going to ask? I'm going to use AI. I'll just ask a question and I'll let, it, I'll let AI figure it out for me. Artificial intelligence, you know, it writes the own thing, whatever, chat thing, whatever it is. That's the opposite of seeking. Lord, what do you want? What does your word say? What does your will say? Lord, I am seeking after you from my life. What calling do you have on my life? What will do you have on my life? What do you want me to go do? I don't have it all figured out. That's the heart he wants you to come to him with. The extreme one on this one is that you're just stuck. We've done this. As a family, we've done this. Lord, I want to know your will. I want to know your will. And so, Lord, we're waiting to hear his will. In the meantime, we're not moving anywhere. Right? We get stuck in the mud. Like, we become like, should I go to the grocery store or not? Lord God, tell me your will. Well, you need eggs and milk. So I'm pretty sure the answer is go to the grocery store. Yeah, but we get into this, into this life, like our spiritual lives. I can do nothing I w- without direction from the Lord. And sometimes you're like, well, sometimes you're just asking to go do things that, are, that you just have to go do. But there are other times where we do. We should check in. Lord, I'm going to the grocery store. Is there anything that I've forgotten on my list that you'll have me pick up when I go? And he'll probably say ice cream. <laughs> yeah? Ice cream. Yeah. Lord, I, got, I hear you. We hear clearly when it's something we want to hear, yeah? And sometimes the Lord tells us something we don't want to hear. He's just like, you want me to do what? No, I, don't th- I, I think I ate something bad. I am not hearing from the Lord correctly today. But the Lord will confirm his word, and he will show you. He will bring it through other people. But the blessing here is they are filled. How many of us want to be filled today? How many want us to be filled? Sid, if you want to come up here, I want to close. There's this, these beatitudes. <sighs> How, how good is it to feel when you after you eat a big meal? Not too much. But when you're hungry and you can sit down and you eat a wonderful meal, that sense of being full, that sense of being of just in his presence, in God's presence, knowing, and that's how we operate. Liz, Pastor Liz talks about this all the time. Our church services, you're like, why does it seem like it's so long and it's two hours? Because we want you to leave filled with every area of God's blessing. We want you to worship with him. We want you to take communion with him. We want you to hear God's word. We want you to fellowship together. We want you just to be together as a church family. And that's why we want to do it this way. We want to leave here filled. So the summary of these first four Beatitudes is they sort of go together. I'll call them the Beatitudes of the heart. So we confess our need. We confess our sin to him. We submit ourselves to God. And we long for his will and his ways in our life. There's a simple prayer that goes with this. I don't have it up there. I'll just say it and you can write it down. It's very simple. It's very easy says, Lord, I need you. I'm sorry for my sin. I will follow you and help me to grow. So, Father, 
as we close this morning. Father, we thank you first and foremost for your presence today. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that when we get into your word, it's not what the world does. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you see our heart. So, Lord, this morning, I just pray that each of us will leave with a refreshed sense of our need for you, to walk in accordance with your word, that we would submit ourselves to you, Lord. And Lord, that we long for your will and your ways in our life. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we need you. We need you. In every area of our life, we need you. And Lord, I pray that we would leave here with that sense of desperation, of inviting you into every area of our life, knowing that we need you, and even in things that we think we have it all together, because we really don't that we would invite you into every area of our life. And Lord, we declare this morning that we will follow you. And Lord, we thank you that you do speak to us and we can hear your voice. And you give us direction. And we give you all the honor and the glory in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Guys, we have some prayer teams that are going to be up here in the front. If you need prayer for anything, if it's healing, maybe you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. Today is the day of salvation. Don't leave here. Do not leave here without, if you feel the Holy Spirit just burning on the inside of you saying, I just need to go talk to somebody. I need to go pray with somebody. There will be people, they're actually coming up now, a few of them. They will be here. They will pray with you. They will just encourage you. And I can tell you this, your life will never be the same again. If you need prayer for anything else, a relationship, maybe a physical need, they're also here to pray with you. And as we close, let me just close with this scripture out of Ephesians 3. That may Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. In your name, we love you, we praise you, Lord. Amen and amen. You are dismissed. Love you guys.